He'll make it all right. God is able. God is able. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. He'll supply. He'll supply. Whatever is broken. Whatever is broken. He can fix it. He can fix it. No need to worry. No need to worry. He's alive. Hello and good morning. Thank you for tuning in to another podcast of A Few Minutes with Pastor Mac. We hope God is blessing you thus far on this Sunday morning. And we hope God's power, favor, and strength be upon you for this new week that is upon us. If you can't make service, don't forget, uh, we have a Givelify app that you can give your donations and first fruits and uh, grace giving uh, through our app. And um, if you can't make it to service, so don't forget about that. We always want to make sure we give opportunity to uh, sow seeds into God's ministry. And if you can't make it again, our website as well. Uh, give the website and on our app, uh, Givelify. Pray. Oh, gracious Father in heaven, we come again thanking you for your many blessings. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for being an awesome God. Thank you for last week. And we look forward to next week coming, oh God. We know we pray for your presence, your peace, and power as we ever follow your word and all obey you in what you have us to do. Bless your people. Bless those under the sound of my voice. I give them recognition of your power, Lord, acknowledgement of their will in your way. Oh, God, we love you and we thank you. We praise you. We lift you up. Bless this weak, feeble servant that I am. As we preach and teach your word, Lord, let someone be blessed. And you be glorified. Oh God, we love you. And I let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, my Savior, my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, name we pray. Amen. Glad to be with you once again. I was a few minutes with Pastor Mac podcast. Hope this finds you well and blessed, highly favored in the Lord. Um, last week we told you Matthew chapter 9, verses 32 through 33 will be where we glean. Uh, our text uh, 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 words this week from uh, Matthew 9, 32 um, through 33. Next week, Lord says the same, uh, Mark 5, 1 through 20. Uh, Mark 5, 1 through 20 will be where we post up on next week. But this week, Matthew 9, 32 through 33, this is a busy chapter, a busy couple of chapter things that Jesus are performing um, here in the text in Matthew. Matthew is causing attention to the messianic edge of age of Jesus, uh, that he is the Messiah. And here in this text, in uh, this particular verses, we find that Jesus is leaving out. And as they're going out, Verse 32 begins. I'll be reading the CSB translation. Whatever translation you have, we do ask you to follow along. Um, 32 reads, just as they were going out, a demon-possessed man who was unable to speak was brought to him. When the demon had been driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. And the crowds were amazed, saying, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. 
Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. The grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of our God shall stand for ever. I just want to give this title this morning for this particular sermonic message. Look at what he did. Look at what he did. Uh, Since football season is coming upon us quickly, a play-action pass is where the quarterback receives the ball from the center. He turns and fakes a handoff to the running back. And the goal of the fake is to get the defense to trap the running back. But while they are going that way, the quarterback then tucks the ball and goes in the other direction to throw to a receiver. If he has done his job well, the defense has been distracted for a moment, thinking that someone else has the ball so that the quarterback can throw it to a wide open receiver. The enemy has run a play action pass on us. He has faked us out with the wrong purpose and we keep chasing it so that he can distract us from the real play. Like a pickpocket who loves a crowd, the enemy has been robbing you of your purpose, getting you distracted from God's will and plan for your life. And what is the will of God for your life? Simple question and simple answer. Obey his word. And when you obey the word, you alter the strategy of the enemy. You do not, you do know that the enemy has a playbook out on you. He knows that he knows what makes you tick. He knows what gets your engine running. He knows what buttons to push. Anything to get your mind off the Savior. Anything to distract from the work of the kingdom. Some of you disqualified yourself a long time ago. God can't use me. I'm not worthy. I did too much. That is the trick of the enemy. He wants to make you silent for the Lord. And look at the text. We enter the scene after Jesus has healed the blind man in Matthew and raises Jairus' daughter. They bring in a mute man who has been silent and he can't speak. And this is what we'll look at. One, the enemy will keep you mute. Verse 32, just as they were going out, a demon-possessed man who was unable to speak was brought to him. Aren't you glad somebody brought you to Jesus? And not like in this instance in a literal way, but somebody lifted you up in prayer. Somebody invited you to church. Aren't you glad that somebody thought of your condition to believe that Jesus could make all the difference in your life? Jesus orders the demon away and the man immediately begins to speak. And you can't be neutral about this man called Jesus because you have to make a decision about whether you're going to worship him or reject him, bow to him or oppose him, either you for him or against him. That's what you come to when you come to the introduction of meeting Jesus. And then was this man unable to speak? was brought to him and and and, and Matthew makes the, the the valiant point the, the poignant point of of you got to make a decision you can't leave it like it was before you met him you got to make a decision you got to understand what this man represents and in this book C.S. Lewis wrote 
uh, his book, Mere Christianity, wrote about how much or how must we choose that he is beyond a frantic, either a frantic lunatic claiming to be a poached egg, or you must decide that he is the son of God. Everything he proclaimed, he performed. And that is why the enemy attempts to keep you like this man they brought to Jesus, silent about your faith. Oh, my brothers and sisters, you got to make a decision. You can't just keep on doing the same thing that you thought you could do. But once you meet Jesus, the decision has to be made. Either I trust him and believe, or he's just the greatest hoax in the world. So the enemy will keep you mute. Well, I said earlier, some of you disqualified yourself already. You thought you'd done something way beyond what salvation can give. And I just come by to tell you this morning that you are saved by grace. You are still repairable. You are still able to be clean by the blood of Jesus. Then number two, the enemy is restrained. Verse 33, when the demon had been, the demon had been driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. Well, this right here tells me that the enemy is created. He has no power over the creator. Let me say that again. Preach Pastor Mac. I'm doing the best I can. The enemy is created. He has no power over the creator. He, he, he has no power. The Bible warns us, tells the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We got to quit allowing the enemy who has no power and is restrainable to quit giving him power over our praise. You got to declare, he can't steal my prey. He can't steal my joy. Make a declaration today that nothing he can do can separate me from the love of Christ. And if you understand that, you will know that since he has no power over you, you have power over him. Uh, That's deep right there. I don't have time to unpack all of that. But I'll say it again, since he doesn't have power, you have power over the enemy. See, we give up power when we allow him to tempt us and we fall into temptation. He has no power over us. He can't make us do nothing. That's why the saying, the devil made me do it, that's so so untrue, so unbiblical. He can't make you do nothing. You choose to do. Well, I preached a couple of weeks ago. Your choices have consequences. Your choices of what your behavior stems from, either good or bad. Your choices. Hmm. Got to decline. He can't steal my praise. He can't steal my joy. Make a declaration today. You're going to be excited and delighted in Jesus. But look at the text. Look at the text. And I'm almost out of here. Leave you alone. Um, the text, this particular um, text, the enemy has um, ran out. The demon has ran out of the man. This is the rare instance where the receiver of deliverance did not seek nor speak about Jesus. Look at the text in that verse 32. I believe they brought him to Jesus. He he didn't ask. He didn't request. Unlike some of the other miracles, they went searching for the man uh, that was blind, they called for Jesus. 
They were looking, even though they couldn't see, they were looking for Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood crawled through the crowd to get to Jesus. She was seeking him. And Jairus' father came looking for him, saying, if you could just come to my house, you ain't got to come all the way. You, you got power to do anything from wherever you are. But in this instance, the receiver of the deliverance did not request, nor did he say anything after. And I don't know the theologians may said they're going to leave it out because it wasn't important. But the act of the deliverance was the significance of this encounter. But he didn't seek the Lord, but the Lord still delivered. And I'm glad today to look at what he did. Because when you look back over your life and see where he brought you from, some of us didn't deserve what we got. But he made a way anyhow. And then lastly, thirdly, the enemy tries to distort the word. And that last part of 33, the crowds were amazed, saying nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. Oh, Lord, Jesus is always doing something in the lives of his people. And even on this day, at this particular time, he had done all these miracles had healed the woman with the issue of blood, had brought sight to the blind men, and raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. And now we see him casting out the demon from the muted man. That's what the church got to be careful about. Because folk were following Jesus. Folk were behind Jesus just to get fed and get some entertainment. And that's what some of the churches nowadays have fallen into the trap of being a show for the Lord. Nothing real discipleship-minded, but it's all for entertainment. Fleece the flock instead of feeding the flock. And folk will follow all behind that mess. But you got to be careful that you're not getting fed. You got to be careful that you're still getting the gospel today. Because in these times, there will be struggle and you need something to help you to grow. And this crowd was amazed and joy about this accomplishment that Jesus could still deliver like he did after doing all of that, commanding a demon to get out of that man with such ease. But, but look at the text, the amazement and joy 
quickly turns to doubt and questioning because you had the haters, the Pharisees. If you read verse 34, they believe that the demon was helping Jesus deliver demons out of the man. Isn't that craziness to think that Jesus would need help to get something done? Isn't that crazy? that Jesus would need somebody on the outside to help him do what he got to do. Do you pay attention to where your heart has been lifted and then been disappointed? Shed sin, have you paid attention over your life that you were amazed but then disappointment shed in? But you got to understand that Jesus brings joy to your world. He brings joy and happiness. But how do you respond? But you got to choose something. How do you respond to Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? The enemy can't take what I know about the Lord for myself. I've been through too much, and he brought me out. I've had to be delivered, and he brought me out. I chose the Lord. You got to choose him. Either your faith will grow a doubt was set in. You got to believe that he's our savior. He's our redeemer. He forgave us. He is God in a tenemental clay. He is our mediator. He's our advocate. He is Lord. He died for us, and he's worthy of all the praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Since I laid my burdens down, bless your name. May God bless you and keep you. I thank God that he's still in the keeping business. I thank God that he will never leave us nor forsake us. I thank God that he's a long-time God. Yes, he is. The old folks say he may not come when you want him, but you'll take him when he shows up. And not only will he show up, he'll show out in your life. Somebody say yes. Say yes. The enemy tried to keep me silent. Say yes. The enemy tried to steal my joy. Say yes. Keep on saying it. Keep on believing it. He's able. He's able. He's able to keep me from falling. Thank you, Jesus. And the reason why I'm excited is that on a Friday night, they crucified my Lord, hung him high, stretched him wide, and he died. He died on an old rugged cross, stayed in the grave on Friday night, stayed in the grave 
on Saturday and Saturday night. But the reason why I can look at what he did, the reason why I can shout what ain't got nothing to shout about, the reason why I find joy even in moments of sadness is that early, 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 Sunday morning, uh, he rose with all power, and that's good news today, uh, that nobody on earth has power to tear me down, uh, nobody can do me like the Lord can, uh, nobody can do it like he can, uh, won't he do it, uh, say yes, say yes. Say yes, he'll dry your tears, stay nice, won't he do it, he'll make a way out of no way, won't he do it, he'll pick you up, turn you around, place your feet on solid ground, I'm feeling a little happy here, somebody under sound of my voice, just need to scream out, Jesus, Yes, he will fix it. Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you like to get to know him better. Uh, and get saved. Allow him to come into your life. Simply say this prayer. Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you died and rose again on the third day. I trust you to control my life and to enhance my future. If you said that prayer... Is as simple as A, B, C. Accept, believe, and commit. If you did that, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us through our email, getpraiseon at houseofpraisepp.org. Or you may go simply to our website, www.houseofpraisepp.org. Contact us and someone from our discipleship team. I will get back with you with other information you need in order to begin this new life in Christ. We love you to life. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. We hope something was said will be a blessing for you and be a blessing for you this week. Uh, we know that we are still in the hands of God and we will trust him to keep and deliver us. Bless you. God bless you. County line, we love you to life and you can't do anything about it. Look forward to next week. The Lord says the same. We hope that you are praying and reading your word and staying true and standing on the promises of the Lord. God bless you and we'll see you next week. Pastor Mac out.